Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing Bub Love, the ready-to-drink, healthier bubble tea alternative, and Gerber launching a line of plant-based baby food. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks so much for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story, a really interesting story about a new company called Bublove, and they introduced a better for you, ready to drink bottled bubble tea. So Bublove claims to be the first of its kind on the market, and it'll be ex- available exclusively on the company's direct-to-consumer website. So in this story, I kind of just broke down how it differed from other bubble teas. And if you're a bubble tea fan, you would know that most bubble teas you would get in a boba shop or, you know, a retail store like that. So this is kind of, um, you know, the first of its kind in that it's ready to drink beverage. And it's also a lot healthier than regular bubble teas. So it has no added sugar or artificial ingredients, and it contains less than 50 calories per bottle, which is pretty impressive for a typically sugary drink. Um, and this has, yeah, like I said, far fewer calories and sugar than regular tapioca pearls in bubble tea, which alone can contain 200 or more calories per quarter cup serving. And unlike store-bought bubble tea, bubble love, it doesn't require any mixing and it's ready to drink right out of the bottle. So the CEO and founder of the company, Diana Chen, said, After learning how unhealthy boba tea could be, I decided to create Bubble of Bubble Tea so I could enjoy one of my favorite drinks without worrying about how much sugar I was consuming. So if you're wondering what the tapioca pearls are made of since they don't have too much sugar, they are made from a combination of tapioca starch and a root vegetable called konjac, um, making them a no-sugar-added, better-for-you version of typical tapioca pearls. So the company's teas also contain antioxidants like vitamin C, they're also keto-friendly and gluten-free, and they come in three flavors, black milk tea, matcha soy latte, and passion fruit oolong guava, which all contain the tapioca pearls. All three of the flavors are brewed with loose leaf tea and they're sweetened with all natural sweeteners, including monk fruit and erythritol. Each 9.5 ounce bottle also contains less than one gram of sugar, which the company claims to be 98% less than classic boba shop chain bubble tea flavors. So Bublove amassed a pretty big wait list of 30,000 people after Chen's bubble tea story highlighting health concerns and calories and sugar in traditional bubble tea went viral on TikTok um, and also LinkedIn earlier this year. So she added, the incredible pre-launch demand has been a clear indicator that I was not alone in my sentiment. Consumers deserve to experience bubble tea in a simple and better for you way, and we're excited to bring this first of a kind beverage to market. So it's certainly not one of, you know, the first better for you beverages that we've seen recently. Um, I've also in the past written about a better for you chocolate milk and um, a line of sodas as well. 
but to my knowledge, it is the first bubble tea in this category. But it will face steep competition as the global bubble tea market is slated to reach $3.23 billion by the end of 2032 at a compound annual growth rate of 8.3%. Now, if you're wondering, the drink is actually not that old. It originated in Taiwan in the 1980s, um, but since then it's garnered a really large North American audience with boba shops quickly popping up amid the beverage's popularity in the last few decades. So Bub Love, you know, even though it's the first sort of ready-to-drink um, bubble tea, it will compete with some well-known U.S. boba chains like Chat Time, Cocoa Fresh Tea and Juice, Gong Cha, and Kung Fu Tea. But just as new boba shops are always opening to take advantage of underserved locations or introduce their own spin on the concept, uh, Bublov is, is doing the same. So like I said, it will face competition with existing brands and potential new ones, but in their case, being the first to market will certainly help them make a name for itself um, in the better for you bubble tea category. So um, it's always really interesting to me um, to be introduced to a, a pretty new concept in food. We always think like, how much more innovation can there be? But this is just another example of people continuing to try and innovate and make products healthier um, and more convenient. So yeah, what do you guys think about this? Um, do you like bubble tea? If so, would you try this? Um, are you surprised that regular bubble tea is a little uh, unhealthy? What are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I think I was. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. Yeah. So I didn't actually know bubble tea was packed with sugar. Um. The regular bubble tea. Um. It's it is concerning, like especially because, you know, when people ha take a drink, they're not expecting it to be like a significant amount of their daily energy intake, right? Even even if it is something like bubble tea. Um. And I think lots of people are very very um, concerned about the sugar intake they have on a daily basis, like even young people. So the fact that this is like the first bubble tea drink that's better for you and has like a low sugar amount. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be very successful in my opinion. But it, it the only concern for me with um, Bub Love is that they have um, a lot of competition in the bubble tea space already. Mm -hmm. So they really have to like differentiate their brand and um, all that effort. Yeah, like uh, you're saying, Vera, uh, Vera, I was also surprised that bubble tea was that unhealthy, quote unquote, because um, I was just looking up like tapioca starch. It's, it's derived from like a tuber, so starchy uh, tuber vegetable or uh, whatever you may call that. So yeah, I, um, it has a high glycemic index. And I think most well, maybe it's just us, but but um, perhaps other people aren't aware either in terms of how um high of a glycemic index tapioca has and uh yeah and then when you start adding in all of the different flavorings and other you know sugar laden syrups and things like that you can really get a high calorie high sugar drink so and yeah this is it's so interesting to me like this whole better for you market in itself like it's so huge like you keep seeing like you know every day almost like there's a new product like a better version of it a healthier version of it you know made with you know you know something like a sugar alternative or just a healthier ingredient which I think is like so crazy it's amazing but i just wonder how like um 
is it just like a hit or miss thing or is it like something that is actually uh, are consumers actually going to be um in for this like long term well you know i've i know i've picked up some things like a healthier better for you brownie but i don't know due to a combination of availability price and just not you know i always go back to the original thing i'm like eh, i might as well have the real thing if i'm not the real thing but you know if i'm gonna have something once in a while but um yeah it's it's just a very just that the whole better for you market in itself is very very interesting to me and uh, to see how it's like blowing up. Yeah, that's a great point. You never know whether these these brands um, are out to replace the original or if they are just sort of marketing themselves as like, if you are if you have a craving and you want to fill it more healthily, then go with us. Um, so in this case, I mean, they certainly like you know they're a new company they're still only just selling uh from their website but you know if it does get big enough and they are able to scale and get into retail um yeah i mean i wonder how many people would stop going to bubble tea shops and 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 only buy bub love i think there is a charm to going into a like a, a, a restaurant or a quick service restaurant and ordering something rather than you know buying it from the store that I think people would miss out oh, on. Yeah, so sure. I don't think they're out to necessarily like replace uh, boba shops, but you're right, Vera, they will face a lot of competition because they are increasingly popular. And I think you're right. Like people don't really know how um, much sugar and how many calories are in traditional bubble tea. Um, and I think we pass off beverages as like, oh, they don't count, you know, we're drinking them, but they can often be even more unhealthy than certain foods. So um, I think, yeah, bringing that awareness of how, um, you know, quote unquote, unhealthy bubble tea is could make people seek out this alternative because I think mm. a lot of it is just lack of awareness. Of, awareness, of, yeah. Yeah, of what they're eating. And a lot of times like shops won't necessarily display how many calories or sugar or, you know, any nutritional profile um, that pertains to the, the food that they're serving. Um, but... Yeah, I mean it's a it's a brilliant concept. It has the intentions are are great. So I'm eager to see where this goes, and hopefully, you know, being the first to market, like I said, too, should help them, um, you know, amass a amass an audience. Yeah, and I'm looking at the bottles, and they seem uh, pretty cute, pretty attractive looking. Mm-hmm. But I always, like you said, it's so true because I always I'm not a huge bubble tea drinker. I don't think. I think I've had it maybe once or twice, but um, but I you know always associated with like plastic cups and the thick you know the big straws right yeah so that's like the kind of the kind of thing but uh yeah the obviously since this is just offered online it's a different situations and uh context and scenario so um yeah it's just a different way to introduce people to bubble tea a healthier version online you know being delivered to their door yeah, I something I didn't really look into, but I'm curious about now is whether you know it's it, their packaging is is better than traditional bubble tea. I would imagine there's a lot of waste with the plastic cups. They often have um, plastic seals as well over the uh, over the top of the cup, and then that big plastic straw as well. So I'd imagine maybe it's recyclable, maybe some parts of it aren't. Um, and I wonder if these bottles are um, recyclable or at least potentially a better option than what you'd get at a bubble tea shop because we see too you know a lot of people make purchases based off of um you know 
environmental reasons that's becoming a bigger thing especially among the younger generation they're always looking for better packaging options so i am very curious to know whether they're 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 a better packaging option but then you know it's they probably there's a lot more logistics involved in terms of right, shipping, the shipping the products yeah. yeah so who even knows i mean <laughs> you can't win right you, but you can't can try <laughs> exactly exactly you can try but there's always going to be something yeah <laughs> All right, moving on to our second story, which is about the baby brand or baby food brand Gerber. It recently launched its first line of plant-based baby food, and it's called Plantastic. So the line features a full range of organic plant-based toddler foods from pouches to snacks to bowls. And it was created to offer a richer source of plant protein. Uh, the products are made with nutrient-dense beans, whole grains, and veggies. So some of the uh, products are um, the banana berry veggie smash pouch, the little crunchies white bean hummus toddler snacks, and the Mediterranean medley harvest bowl. And all of these products can be purchased online through Amazon, Walmart, and at other retailers. So in a press release, the uh, Gerber president and CEO Taryn Malkani said, We hear from parents they want more plant-based protein options that align with their food and climate values. We're proud the full range of Plantastic products is certified carbon neutral, furthering our commitment to climate-forward nutrition. So according to research by FMI, 81% of households with children are now including plant-based protein in their meals. And additionally, the latest U.S. dietary guidelines now recommend legumes as part of a healthy diet for children under uh, two and under. So Gerber's plant-based baby food can help parents follow these guidelines with developmentally appropriate recipes made with chickpeas, black beans, beans, and lentils. So um, as um, I mentioned, the entire Plantastic line is also carbon neutral, certified carbon neutral by the Carbon Trust. And last year, Gerber became the first U.S. baby food company to announce a commitment to carbon neutral foods through the Climate Forward Trust. And it plans to become 100% carbon neutral by 2035 through practices like regenerative farming and renewable energy. So Gerber was actually acquired by the food giant Nestle in 2007, and it's the latest of its brand to expand into the plant-based protein space. At a press event in London last year, Nestle CEO Mark Schneider explained that the company is actively seeking to replace every animal protein out there with plant-based alternatives. And so far, Nestle has partially pursued that goal by acquiring Sweet Earth, which is a vegetarian brand known for its plant-based meat products like Awesome Burger, Benevolent Bacon, and Mindful Chicken. Nestle has also released plant-based proteins, including eggs, shrimp, and tuna under its Garden Gourmet brand in Europe. So while Gerber appears to be uh, one of the first established baby food brands to launch a plant-based line, there are several other competitors on the market that specialize in plant-based baby food. So I've written about a few before. Um, Jennifer Garner has a baby food brand called Once Upon a Farm, and it's gained a lot of notoriety because it's vegan, organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, and BPA-free. And there are other brands like Earth's Best, Pumpkin Tree Snacks, Sprout Organic Foods, and Happy Family, which also offer plant-based baby foods. And many brands in the category have even offered um, direct-to-consumer baby food delivery boxes, which I've written about before, including Little Spoon, Yummy, and the UK-based Mama Made. 
So Gerber, along with these brands, are all competing in the larger baby food market, which is projected to reach 853.9 million by 2026 at a compound annual growth rate of 15%. However, um, you know, since we can't always rely on these estimates, there's another one that predicts that the plant-based protein products market for infants, infants will grow to 1.18 billion between 2022 and 2026, at a compound annual growth rate of 10.82%. So I'm not too sure if, uh, you know, the plant-based protein market for infants is going to surpass the overall baby food market, but this is why we can't just look at, you know, a single estimate. And these estimates, of course, are just that. They are estimates. But um, I do see the plant-based baby food uh, market growing since a lot of, um, you know, parents are, into that and what I was going to ask you guys is whether you think um, you know it's not necessarily appropriate but if you think it is um, a good idea for babies to be on a plant-based diet um, do you think it is enough for them to eat um, I, I really don't know and it's since the plant-based movement has really sort of skyrocketed in the last like decade um, I don't think really a lot of parents had thought about putting their children on, you know, plant-based diets from newborns to, you know, two or three years old. So what do you think about this? And what do you think about Gerber getting into this space? Yeah, I think on parents who are considering like a, like a solely plant-based diet, I think they need to consult a pediatrician first and not make any decisions by themselves. Um, so yeah, definitely like a, talk to a pediatrician. They will give you the best advice specific to their child, um, which which I think is like, you know, if, if every parent can do that, that would be that would be great. Right. Um, but I, I did find this plant based baby food so cute, like even mm -hmm. the packaging was really cute. And and the name like Plantastic, I think. Um, yeah, I think lots of parents would want to try it for their baby. Why not? at least like have like try the food yeah um i'm just kind of worried about because i don't think there is enough research um in terms of you know nutrition research is is very complicated and, and for adults we still don't know what's truly good for us and what's truly not and now we're talking about infants and babies for which for whom like research is so so limited so i think it's really difficult to say whether a vegan diet for you know, <clears throat> babies and kids that young um, is suitable. Uh, the research just isn't out there. And I think, you know, the problem is that with these plant-based products and baby food, you know, are you going to be getting the same, like an adequate nutritional profile, you know, with um, some of the plant-based um, products, like if you're talking about like Beyond Meat type things or vegan eggs and, and things like that, um, you know, I'm not sure if they can fully capture the nutritional profile of the the animal-based product. So that's definitely a concern. And we know that, you know, uh, growing children, they need, you know, um, large amounts of certain vitamins like vitamin B12, which are which is found, you know, ex almost exclusively in animal-based products. So that's definitely a concern there. Um, and it's very interesting to me in terms of um, parents' attitudes towards 
veganism for their kids because I know some vegetarians and parents who, um, you know, they're vegetarian themselves, but they encourage their kids to, to have meat and meat products because they think it's important for their developing, for their development. So it's interesting to see that. But then you have some cultures um, and religions where, um, you know, kids grow up exclusively on vegetarian diets because of, you know, their um, certain prohibitions, dietary restrictions, restrictions um, based on their religion or culture. So, and I think they turn out fine <laughs> but I think it's it's very interesting though um, and nutrition is such a poorly understood area but uh, I think proceeding with caution is I think the way to go with this and um, but yeah definitely I think it could be introduced into you know a baby's diet and uh, but I'm not sure if it's an exclusive thing that should be done but yeah yeah those are some excellent points I I was just going to say I think like as a you know to, to supplement, um, supplement would be yeah. yeah it would be the best course of action if if uh, you wanted your child to get go down that route yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah um, but and I think honestly I think that is the point with with this um, this launch especially because Gerber does not exclusively sell plant based baby foods they also sell others and this just happens to be their first line um, but yeah when we look at companies who um, you know that just exclusively sell vegan baby foods that's when I'm starting to think well. This seems yeah. to cater to just the parents who want to give their children vegan right. food as well. But yeah, it's it's true. I think it's so um, we lack so much knowledge on on what we is truly good for our bodies and our development. And uh, yeah, even with adults and for babies, I think it's even more important because they can't decide. You yeah. they're fed and they just <laughs> have to eat it. So <laughs> yeah, great points. But um, Sydney, does Gerber? So is the company only for baby food? Gerber? Yeah, to my knowledge, Gerber is just a baby food company. It's a pretty iconic one, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, the baby the that is baby. on there. <laughs> yeah, the Gerber baby, quite iconic. I think it's been around for many, many years. And like I said, it was acquired by Nestle. And, I, and I'm and i wondering, too, if um, it had never been acquired by Nestle, if this is something they would have released. Because as I mentioned, like Nestle is trying to actively um, replace a lot of actual meat with um, plant-based proteins. So this could have definitely been a move from Nestle itself. Um, But yeah, Gerber has been around for a very long time, exclusively selling uh, baby food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense why I haven't heard of them before. I don't really look at the baby food. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I think I only know it because I've seen commercials and and things like that. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of a big deal for, um, you know, a, a bigger company to to release a plant-based mm-hmm. line. Um, it's kind of akin to like, you know, your Ben and Jerry's releasing a plant-based line of ice cream, which has done sig- really, really well. The only difference here is that this is for babies and there's a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more controversial because yeah. um, the whole baby aspect. But Like, are uh, you catering to the babies or to the right. baby's parents? Right, right. So I it's- mean... I don't know. It's a little bit tricky there, I feel. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just not gimmicky, but, you know, is it just hopping on to, you know, the ongoing to the current trend of, you Mm -hmm. know, plant based. So it feels kind of more so like that. Um, But yeah, we'll see. 
All right. Well, that is the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.